Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke 6. Luke chapter 6. Because God's Word is authoritative, it is the only Word by which we are to live, it is the Word that only can bring unto us eternal life, we'll stand and give honor to the Word of the Lord and, and to our God. As we read, if you're able, let's stand together as we read Luke 6, starting at verse 43. For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good, and the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Let's pray together. Thank you for this, your holy word. And we ask that you would work in us mightily, that we would receive and believe, and that you would transform us by means of this, your word. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. The appearance of fruit at times can be deceiving. Uh, Maybe you, you think about this when you buy watermelons now and during the season, if you're not careful, you might say, oh, that looks like a fantastic watermelon. You know, there's an art to picking a good watermelon. Um, it, if you get it overly ripe, it's kind of mushy and grainy, and it's really not really good for anything. Um, you, you don't want to eat that thing. It is okay to juice it, though, by the way. Sometimes you mix it with some lemon. It's pretty fantastic. But uh, the same thing goes with other fruit. Sometimes you pick a mango, it looks all right. And then you try to you start to cut into it, and it's kind of rotting in the center. You can't really eat it. It's pretty foul. Sometimes we find out that people can be like that too, can't they? They have an appearance outwardly that looks fine, but deep down we find out that something in there is not too uh, too good. It's either sour or even rotting away. Earlier in this gospel account. In Luke 4.32, there was a mention uh, when Jesus was teaching in Capernaum on the Sabbath that those who heard him were amazed at his teachings, for his message was with authority. It wasn't just with authority. It was something special that Jesus did in his preaching. He used vivid and interesting uh, illustrations, imagery. He talked about everyday life. Servants and masters, kings and shepherds, fishermen, cultivators of fields and cultivators of vineyards. And in today's passage, he's using this imagery of fruit, looking for fruit in a field that would bring us in and help us to grasp a spiritual truth that he has for us. Now, if you have fruit trees here in Louisiana, you probably uh, might have pears or satsumas, which is our version of, a, uh, of an orange tree that can tolerate this heat down here. Um, 
Rather than grapes, we might, we'll have muscadines with those big seeds and that thick skin. But we have a different kind of cultivation here in Louisiana, but it, it's something to think about in relation to God's word here. What Jesus is saying is that people are really comparable to plants and that we're looking for fruit among the people of God. The main focus of today's text is that God wants you to examine your life to see that you're bearing fruit. God wants you to examine your life to see that you're bearing fruit, fruit of the gospel, that is. And we'll see this in two main points. Fruit is evidence. And secondly, we'll see as in it's necessary to examine yourselves. Let's look at this first main point. Your fruit is evidence. Verses 43 through 45. For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. Each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. Now, there's one essential truth to establish first. There are only two types of trees, and therefore only two types of people in the world. There might be somebody you've met before, and they they would say, well... Maybe they claim to be rather intellectual. You know, I'm not a religious person, but I'm not opposed to Christianity, or I'm not opposed to to Islam, or I'm not opposed to Buddhism. I'm just, you know, I'm a, I I do reading in in various ways and things, but I'm I'm not even opposed to the church. They might say that they, or they might like to call themselves neutral. They're not against or for the church. They're just neutral. According to Luke eleven twenty three, Jesus says this, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather together with me scatters. So there's really no neutrality here according to this passage. I want us to keep our place in Luke, but also turn to John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, for another showing that there are only really two types of people in the world. Luke, I mean, sorry, Gospel of John, uh, chapter 8, 39. This is Jesus having a a bit of a a debate with the uh, Pharisees. The Pharisees answered to him, to Jesus, and said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, You are... Abraham's children do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, We are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God, for I have not even come of my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil, 
and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own initiative, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We'll stop there. Notice in this passage, there are two types of people. Those who are sons of God and those who are sons of the devil. Now, what's interesting here is that the Pharisees thought that they were sons of God. They thought that they were serving Yahweh, but were not. They were, in in actuality, serving the evil one, plotting a plan by the evil one. They didn't belong to God, but they belonged to the evil one. So in the same sense, there are two types of people, two types of trees, either, again, either a son of God or a son of the devil. Let's get back uh, um, to Luke. Um, Jesus said, though, he said, if you are of the Father, you will love him. And we'll see it in today's text. If you are of Jesus, you will love him and produce uh, fruit. Um, Look at this next section here. Um, It says, The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. The evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth what is evil. If you are a believer, if you are one who professes faith in Christ and you have treasure that produces fruit, one of the fruits is to love the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, if you love him, you would love his church. Um, A a passage in Matthew 25 tells us that to the extent that that you love the stranger in Christ's name, to the Christian stranger in Christ's name, to the extent that you love and serve and help the hungry, the thirsty, the needy, the sick, the imprisoned. He says, to the extent that you did it to the least of one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them you did it to me. Matthew twenty-five forty. So in other words, if you love Christ, you will love his people. On the other hand, if you don't love God's people to the extent that you did not do it to the least one of these, um, his children, you did not do it unto him. And he says that those who do not love him or his people will go into eternal punishment and the righteous into eternal life. In that passage we read earlier, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus says that he paid for all of the sin of his sheep, past, present, and future. 2 Corinthians 5.21, He, the Father, made him the Son who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Now, I have a Roman Catholic family that 
I, I've mentioned this, that Jesus paid for all of our sin. And their reply was, if that were true, you could live any way that you want. In other words, if that were true, you wouldn't have to do any good works because you're forgiven. You've got a free slate. You could live any which way that you want. Well, that's not what Scripture teaches. We don't need a doctrine of uh, purgatory to scare people into seeking to be holy and good and right. Uh, We're told that if you are his sheep, if you have received the gospel by saving faith, the Holy Spirit who, who gave you that faith will work in you and cause you to produce fruit, some 30, some 60, some even 100-fold. In your outline there, I have uh, listed the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 16, section 2. And it says this, Good works done in obedience to God's commands are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith, and by them believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of adversaries, and glorify God, whose workmanship they are, created in Christ Jesus thereunto. In other words, you're not saved by bearing fruit or by giving forth good works, but you're saved unto good works, And these good works, these fruits, are an evidence or something that points to a true and lively faith. The next main point is that we are to examine those evidences by examining ourselves. Look at verse 45. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Now, if you're using a New American Standard uh, Bible, um, one thing I do like about the New American Standard that's not in every English Bible is that if you see something in italics, it's, it's actually not in the Greek. It's, it's been supplied by the translators. So uh, when you read, look at, look at verse 45 again. Uh, and this is a good thing. The second use of the word man is not in the Greek, but it's obvious that it needs to be there. Um, The second use of the word treasure is not in the Greek, but I actually would prefer it not being in there. And here's why. If you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and you have something within you that brings forth what is good, you could say it's treasure because it comes from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. But if you have something within you that brings forth what is evil and wicked and vile, I don't know about calling it treasure. Now, an alternate way to translate this is that word here for treasure could also be translated as a storehouse. So you could read it this way. The good man out of the storehouse of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil storehouse, or you could say the innermost deepest recesses brings forth what is evil for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart so here we could say in both in the good man and in the evil man what comes out of us whether good or bad comes from the storehouse or the innermost recesses 
of our heart or our being. Now, God only is the one who could look at our heart and know us exhaustively. But today's text gives us a way that we could know ourselves a bit better and get some insight as to what fills our hearts. He says, a, from a wicked man comes what is wicked, which fills his heart. A perverse tongue points to a perverse heart. For, it says, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. A perverse tongue reflects a perverse heart. Now, I don't think just, uh, I don't think speech is the only issue here, but I want to do acknowledge that there are people who love and fear God who struggle with a perverse tongue. Um, if you have that problem and you're fighting that problem, uh, Isaiah had that problem. And remember Isaiah 6, 5, he said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah had that problem and was a man of God who's now in glory. But Isaiah was not happy with it. He wasn't content with it. He didn't cuss like a sailor when he was out and then just do it openly and without restraint. He had regret and remorse over it, didn't he? But wicked speech is only one example. Let's use another example. You could say this. Um, I'm using a different way of understanding verse 45. His feet run to that which is evil because of that which fills his heart. Or you could say his eyes look to that which is evil, which produces forth from that which fills his heart, from that evil that fills his heart. So here in today's text, you can maybe think of something else. That man who covets and desires and is never satisfied with what he has and always wants more and is never content that comes from the evil that fills his heart or some other example as well so today's text is a charge from holy scripture a command from holy scripture to examine ourselves first thing we must ask is are you trusting in christ alone for salvation Christ must be your sure foundation. But how do you know that you are trusting in Christ alone? Are you at peace with sin? Or do you endeavor to fight against sin? If you're a Christian, I hope that you're endeavoring to fight against sin. We can often put on our best show at church, but how are you living outside these church doors? It is good to examine ourselves even in times of hardship and trials. And I've always thought of this illustration. You buy oranges, you don't know what is in an orange, whether it's good or bad, whether it's so tart it can't be eaten, or whether it's even rotting on the inside, unless you put a knife to it. You cut it, you peel it, or you put the squeeze to it. And sometimes when life and hardships puts the squeeze on us, the true essence of who we are comes out. Tell you what, studying and preaching on this message 
has made me more cautious in the use of this tongue. And I hope it does the same for you as well. Now, there are some who might say, after hearing a message like this, they might say, well, I don't really need to believe in Jesus and repent of my sins and turn from my sins because I don't even think I'm that bad of a person. I'm pretty good after all. I haven't, I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't killed it. I, I, you know, they'll go on and say things like that. They claim that they have not committed any big or heinous sins. What about the sin concerning not worshiping God on his day? To not worship God, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things seen and unseen, and their creator is to transgress the first, second, and fourth commandments, among others, you could say. Is that a sin? Is that wickedness or not? If God has created you and God has sent his son Jesus to suffer and die for your sins, yet you say, I don't need him. I don't care to have him. That is a wicked and evil heart of unbelief. For those who do not believe in Jesus and those who do not remain and rest in Jesus or turn away from Jesus, Hebrews 3.12 says this, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Again, God is concerned not just how we live on the horizontal plane. He's concerned about the vertical plane. An unbelieving heart that denies the Lord Jesus is a wicked, evil heart. So God wants you to examine your life and to see if you are bearing fruit. Fruit is evidence, isn't it? Each tree is known by its own fruit. Each person is known by whether or not they are bearing forth the fruit of the gospel in good works and fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Again, these fruits are not something that save us. Bearing good works or good fruit does not save, but they are fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. They point to whether your faith is lively and legitimate or not. You are to examine yourselves, brothers and sisters. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. The evil man out of the storehouse of his heart brings forth what is evil. How your life is shows how your heart is. The way you live shows whether you have a true and lively faith or not, or a stagnant faith, or even a dead faith. Let's pray together that God would give us a greater measure of bearing fruit for the sake of his kingdom. Let's pray together. We ask our glorious Lord that you would help us to examine ourselves, to see whether we are truly in the faith. Help us to examine the fruit that shows forth the storehouses within our hearts. Help us, we pray, to bring forth much fruit 
many thirty, many sixty, and even many within this church a hundredfold. That we would not seek to find assurance in the fruit of our of our profession, but help us to rest entirely and fully in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation, and thereby through him and through the work of your Spirit, that we would bear forth much fruit. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.